If y'all to notice, I did not wear any orange today. For you state fans, I was just trying to be real nice. I don't know that this is orange or not, but it's kind of like orange to me. So uh, I just wanted Jane to show it to you. So thank you, Jane. Jane, you want to Our text today is the book of Romans. Book of Romans. Everybody looking this way? Everybody looking this way, okay? All good? All right. Romans chapter 8, and we're in verse uh, 31 through 39. I'll be reading from the King James Version this morning, so uh, you follow in the version that you have today. Romans 8, 31 through 39. And what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemns? It's Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the reading today from the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 31, 39. This is really one of the golden chapters of all the Bible. If you would like to just sit in, sit on, this chapter and take a verse and just meditate on any and every verse in this chapter, you'll find a blessing. You'll find a blessing. And Paul winds up this this chapter. He started off with just a fantastic statement. Verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk after the flesh, who do not walk after the flesh, but walk after the Spirit. And then this latter part is like the crescendo to a great song. There's probably a song in here somewhere. Billy, you probably could have found one. I, I don't know about all that. In a world that is constantly shaken by circumstances, what are the circumstances of your life right now? What's going on that's making you lay awake a little at night? What's going on in your life that is of you know, deep concern to you. I want to point you at this passage. Because here we have the promise of God, of His help and His presence. If you're a Christian, you've surrendered to Christ, you may be weighed down even as a Christian with fear. Maybe fear even the final judgment. There are many Christians that have a sense of impending guilt. 
or fear about even the final judgment for themselves. I want to point you to this passage. I want, to, I want you to see what this has to say. We consider this passage today. It speaks of our security, not based on the safety of circumstances. We cannot, in all, with all we have, we cannot secure our safety. We've seen this in the past weeks. Two hurricanes come to our midst. Houses built even on strong foundations have taken a beating and peoples and lives. Many shattered. And many are now in the process of rebuilding, seeking again to, to find their way. We can't be protected. Disease comes up. Here, there, and yonder, least expected sometimes places, and we have to deal with it. We're living in it. And so the faithfulness of God is what we have to depend on, and God's Word talks about His faithfulness. There are four questions in this passage that Paul, under God's leadership, gives answers to. Answers to that will help illustrate the security you have in the Lord. Security in the Lord, you and I have. And so, we read those first two verses. He says, what shall we say to these things? And already he's been talking about a multitude of things that can come our way. What shall we say to these things? If God's for us, who can be against us? And notice that God spared not His own Son for us. How much does God love you? He loves you this much. He spared not His own Son through the cross. And and then through the resurrection, He brought Jesus to life. It's for us. If He did all of that for us, how will He not also be with us? Who can stand against us? And so His answer is, there's no prevailing opposition. There's no opposition that can come against a Christian in the Lord that will prevail. You know, somewhere back there, Jesus talked about His church. And He said the gates of hell cannot, will not prevail against the church. And here, Paul takes that to us as individuals. And He says the gates of hell even. There's no opposition which can come, which can prevail against you. Now our lives may have all kinds of things happening in them. There's there's plenty of powers against us. A lot of times living is like going against the wind or going against the waves. It it beats upon us at times and it, it, it will seemingly prevail against us. It's threatening toward us. Even our life, it can. It can. I love that old song in, in, uh, in uh, the, A Mighty Fortress. This body they may kill. God's truth abideth still. He's the one that wins the victory in our life. And so, it says in verse 28, if you look over there, another great verse that we quote a lot, and for good reason, it says, We know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to His purpose. In other words, whatever is going on, all things, he says, God's are working in it. It's amazing how God works in suffering. 
I mean, I stand amazed at all the time. I, I see my share of it. And I'm amazed at what I see God doing in the midst of it. People brought closer to the Lord. Depending on the Lord. Trusting the Lord. So God is the Lord and He is the Master. And His will cannot be prevailed upon. God is working on your case for the good. So I can't see it. That's where you believe it. You trust it. You trust Him. God may have, you may be caught in a circumstance right now and it just seems like it's an anvil about ready to fall on you. This verse says, nothing prevails. There's no opposition that will prevail. And that's because of His love. He showed it through Jesus. He he shows it through His Holy Spirit. His love will always be there. Another one of my favorite verses, and y'all hear it all the time because it's one of my favorite. His compassions never fail. It says in Lamentation out of Jeremiah's mouth. It never fails. His love is faithful. We wake up to it every morning. It's new every morning we sing. Every morning God is there with His love. Love's a hard thing to explain. There's a story about a, about a boy who went to a pet store and he told the manager there he wanted to buy a puppy. And the manager pointed his little finger, his little, his little finger, <laughs> that's what he did all right, at a little crippled dog. And he said, son, this puppy you're looking at is really worthless. We're going to have to put him to sleep in the next few days. But I've saved my money and this is all I have and that's the one I could afford. And that's the one I want, he said. I've been looking through the window at him every day. And again, the manager said that the dog was crippled. It's worthless. It, 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 it needs to be put to sleep. And the little boy reached down in his pocket and he pulled his money out. He laid it on the counter. Then he went and pulled his leg, legs up on his pants. And the man looked down and he saw these metal braces on both this boy's legs. And the little boy says, you don't know what love can do. We don't know what God's love can do many times until we're really faced with the need for it. We might be sailing along right now, but somewhere along the line, that wind's going to whip over the boat. And we're going to be like Peter down in the water. Lord, help me, help me. And so His love never fails. No prevailing opposition is the answer to the first question. The second question, verse 33, what shall, Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? And the answer to that is no prevailing accusations. There's no ac- accuser 
who can prevail over God the Savior. Nobody can come. Now, who is the accuser? Why, it's the devil himself. That's his job. That's what he's taken on as his job, to be our personal accuser. One thing you can say about the devil, he's good at what he does. He can get on our back pretty good. There's a picture in the Bible of the book of Zechariah. I can't think of the chapter and verse. But it's a scene scene in heaven. And in heaven, the accuser, Satan, has brought one of the priests and flung him down in front of God. And he said, look at this man. He is a sinner. Look at these rags he's wearing. These dirty, filthy rags representing his life. And God says, give this man a change of clothes. Put on him the white garments. There's no accuser that can prevail against God and God's judgment. And thank God through Jesus Christ, He he is the one. You see all this in verse 33. And it said, it's God that justifies us. Who can condemn us, he says in verse 34. It's Christ who died for us. Yea, rather, is risen again and is at the right hand of God and who is praying for us. Who's going to prevail? What accuser is going to prevail against the Savior, Jesus Christ? If you've got some fearful looking at judgment, I want you today to know that Jesus Christ will prevail and has prevailed. On your behalf, believer. Believer, you can believe it or not. He's done it. There's no prevailing accusations. God grants His mercy and and acceptance to sinners who repent and receive His love through Jesus. I'll never forget, and I was was a teenager, just, just had sort of a sense of a calling. And some kids in our youth group would go around this little neighborhood. It's a kind of a contained mill town down in South Carolina. And we'd go door to door and just, we didn't know any better than just say, here's my testimony. And people in those days, all those houses had porches on them. And on Sunday afternoon, a lot of people would be out on their porch because there wasn't any air conditioning. And they'd be out on their porch. And we'd just stop and talk. And we met a man named Elmo Mason. Well, we, he wasn't on his porch. His neighbor said, there's a man next door named Elmo. He's in his house in the bed. Would you go in and pray with him? So two or three of us went in. And Elmo was laying there on the bed. I don't know who was taking care of this man. But he was in pretty bad shape. And while we were there, he testified to us. See, that's what happens when you start sharing God's love. You find out God's God been in many places long before you ever got there. He said, when I go to bed at night, he said, there's a chair right over there. 
And he said, I look at that chair and he said, my Savior Jesus is in that chair. And I just talked to him. And he talks to me. What long after that, he was in the hospital. We were praying while we were praying, young people. We just thought, we'll go up there, three or four of us will go up there and we'll pray over him and he's going to get healed. We went in there, quite a racket, so wonder they didn't throw us out of the place. We got in his room and began to pray that the Lord had healed him. We had all faith that God was going to heal him. We went back to church and we were in our little meeting there at church and the pastor stuck his head in. He said, I just want you to know that Elmo Mason has gone home to be with the Lord this afternoon. Lord, have mercy, we prayed him to death. <laughs> but he got his healing. And he is close enough to the Lord not to be afraid. And so... There's no prevailing accusation over God's people. Verse 34 said, Who is it that condemns us? There's no prevailing condemnation. We talked about that already. God is the only one who can condemn sin, and it's God who forgives us our sins. So there's no prevailing condemnation. That first verse, chapter uh, chapter 8, verse 1. There is no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus bore the consequences of our sin on Himself. Jesus said this Himself when He was speaking to Nicodemus over in John chapter uh, chapter 3. We know that verse where He says, uh, well, verse 15 says, Whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. And then the verse we have memorized, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that Whoever believeth in Him shall not perish, shall not perish, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And then he said, verse 17, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. There's no prevailing condemnation. Are we sinners? Indeed we are. And we are to confess that, admit that, acknowledge that. And based on our repentance and willingness to turn, He forgives us our sin. And when God forgives, there's no accuser, there's no condemnation that can come from heaven or hell that's going to prevail over Him. And so, no prevailing condemnation, no prevailing accusation, no prevailing opposition. And finally... In verse 35, no prevailing separation. How many of us have been separated from our loved ones somewhere? Either by reason of distance or by death. I can remember when I went into service and I come home and leave not long after I got in. I was still crying for going in. And then when I was leaving out and there was Grandma, Papa, standing out there, waving by, I knew with all my heart I'd probably never see them again. My heart was broken. Our hearts are broken by separation. 
，没有。I did see him again. Praise the Lord. They both lived a good many more years, but it was the same to me. And someday we have to say goodbye. But there's no prevailing separation from God. Verse 35, and these are like, this is like the crescendo verses. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, tribulation it says, distress, persecution. Many are persecuted today. We read in China today about actual persecution and in the Middle East and some to the death. And shall famine or nakedness or peril or sword, shall anything separate us from the love of Christ? As it is written, he says, For thy sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. No, in all these things, he said, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us and who gave himself for us. In all the uncertainties, you're dealing with them. All the changes, they're coming, ready or not, they're coming. Whatever there is, His love has the victory. That's why we sing victory in Jesus. That's why we sing great hymns that we sing because of God's love. And so, Whatever there's going on, you think of any terrifying thing this, that this world or any other world could produce, be it death, life, afterlife, powers, he said, accusers, devils, you might call them, be it any happening now or in the future, anything. He says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor anything in creation shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. We need to hunker down and anchor down in our security that we have in the Lord. And when you're facing your deepest, darkest fears, outside yourself, inside yourself, Whatever's there, He's the Lord of every terror we can think of. He's got the mastery of it. And we hear Him above everything else. Yesterday, as Clemson was smiting the wolf pack, I don't know how many thousands, 80-something thousand people out there, more, standing around. Another... Millions of people live watching on the television. Crowd noise was absolute deafening, I'm sure, if you were there. And here's these players. And they're listening to one voice. That's the quarterback. He's making the call. And they are listening to one voice. Voices everywhere. There's one voice to hear. 
and that's God's word. I'm with you. And I've got this thing. And I'm going to go with you now and for whatever's out there. Unknown, I'm there. I'm with you. Do you need today, today to put your faith again in the Lord and say, I'm, I'm, I want to turn my life to God, back to God now in a special way, dedicate myself anew and afresh to Him. I want to give my heart back to Jesus. I've been, I've been tra- trailing along in other places. And I'm afraid. I want to dedicate myself to the Lord. Or maybe you're not a Christian. Place to start. Confess your sin. Ask Jesus to come in and forgive you of your sin. And follow Him as Lord of your life. So Father, we just thank You for this wonderful passage. And God, it's, it's been read many a place. Even over many a grave. Because it speaks of things way beyond this earth. It talks about assurances we have that pass through even the greatest enemy, and that's death, that could ever be. And death does not prevail over God's children. And so, Lord, today, we just want to put our faith directly in You on the living side of life. And say, God, we want, you to, we want to believe and trust You and You fill our hearts with your love and your spirit today in Jesus' name. Amen.